Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back with Congressman David Price on Carolina Newsmakers, uh, and we've talked about a number of issues. I want to move uh, uh, to the thing that seems to be sort of front burner right now in more detail. We alluded to it a little earlier, and that's the trade war, the foreign policy uh, issue that uh, seems to be uh, really uh, a threat to the economy or an improvement to the economy, whichever way you look at it. But we have a trade war going on, especially with China, that is uh, got a lot of people very concerned about what the ultimate solution is. Where, where do we stand on that, and what do you think is going to happen? Well, I've been watching, just like a lot of people have, as this thing has escalated. Um, the, uh, the, the, the relationship with China, the economic relationship with China, is extremely important. It needs to be carefully tended, and it can't, um, it can't set this, up, this country up for a fall. I mean, there, there have been uh, trade practices in, that the Chinese have engaged in for, for a long time that, are, um, that, that do put this country at a, at a disadvantage, and we need to deal with them. And that would include uh, a, a kind of uh, wanton theft of, uh, of intellectual property. It, um, it has in the past involved currency devaluation, although not so much in, in, in recent years. Certainly state subsidies, uh, practices where products, uh, often subsidized products, have been dumped on markets in ways that are disruptive. You know, all of these things are, are real issues. We have, um, we have rules and laws that are supposed to deal with those. They don't all, always. They need to be enforced. So I think for, um, for any president of either party, the trade relationship with China is, is, is going to be a real challenge, including the uh, trade practices that China engages in. So uh, this calls for, for uh, a, a very uh, careful and calculated approach. It, it, it calls for uh, combining whatever sanctions you impose or whatever tariffs you might increase or whatever, combining that always with diplomacy and, and with a, a desired outcome. You, you, you don't just, in a, in a kind of wholesale way, impose a, a bunch of tariffs and assume that uh, when the pain gets bad enough, they're going to come to us and want to negotiate. That seems to be the approach of the Trump administration. By the way, it's also what they're doing with Iran in blowing up the nuclear agreement. It is not the way uh, successful diplomacy works. And, and so um, that's, but that's the dilemma. And we, there's, there's no question there's some real issues here with respect to Chinese practice. But I'm, I'm afraid that the path we're on, uh, is, uh, we're not likely to address those issues very, uh, very directly. Well, if you look ahead six months or 12 months, where are we going to be? <laughs> I see a look of puzzlement on your I, face. You know, I, I, I don't know, and I don't think anybody knows. Uh, and I'm not sure the president even, even knows. The, the, president, um, the president's shaken up these days, though, by the, by the effect of this on, uh, on the economy and on the stock market. He puts great stock in these things, so to speak, because uh, it's, it's the best thing he's got going in terms of his own reelection. He, uh, there, there are stories all over the place now about, uh, about the farm economy and what bad shape it's in and how, how that's beginning to turn on him politically. Um, so the, a, lot of, a lot of people are predicting that, that Trump will find a way to, to de-escalate this. And, and I guess I would predict that just just 
what I see coming in terms of the economic effects and the political necessities, uh, I would think he would find a way to de-escalate this, and one would hope then the Chinese would respond in kind, and maybe we could get to a, a, a better basis for, for talks. But that may be too optimistic. Well, of course, you know the the one fact that remains is this is of keen interest to both countries to get it settled. It is so, yeah. now. You know, it's interesting how things hit the front burner, and then they sort of slide to the back burner, and then they sort of slide off the the, the stove, as we say in the South, altogether. Uh, we don't call it a range in the South. Uh, J- our producer Jason Kong's from Florida. He doesn't understand. We we don't call it the range. Or the cooktop. It's we don't call the beach the shore either, do no, we? No, no, it's it's the beach. <laughs> That's right, and 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 we're sticking to that. Okay, but North Korea was a really hot issue, and all of a sudden we still hear about the same issues, but it doesn't seem to be as hot an issue. Where do we stand on that? Is it, is there any movement going on there, or is it still an issue that could blow up at any time? Uh, I, I don't think there's much movement, and it could blow up at any time. And, and in, in, uh, in various ways, North Korea, North Korea is not only continuing its, uh, its, you know, continuing its status as a nuclear power, but it's also uh, continuing to test missiles and, and to, to do things that are uh, provocative and that go right up to the edge in, in terms of what uh, – what, uh, is tolerable. Do we just, as a, uh, as a I, I public, do we just sort of get to a point where we say we're tired of dealing with this? Let's just not think about it for a while. Is that what happens? It it does happen, and in, and in the case of North Korea, you, you, we've had a stalemated situation through many many uh, administrations, um, and it, it's it's extremely dangerous. I mean, this is um, this is a nuclear power. This and and this is a rogue state. This is a, this is a situation where we've um, known for a long time that it was dangerous. That we needed the cooperation of the Chinese to uh, to contain the situation, and uh, numerous administrations have have wrestled with it. Uh, and and the people who understand the situation aren't complacent at all. Now Donald Trump came in and said he's going to change that, and he he's going to change it on the basis of personal diplomacy. I don't think uh, anybody thinks that has uh, has worked, and and in in fact it has some real dangers. And you just wonder what he's talking about when he seems to have this uh, infatuation with uh, with the North Korean uh, dictator. Even now says his wife is uh, is fond of him, and she's never met him. That was the latest uh, little wrinkle. But uh, but I uh, I think uh, the, the 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 situation is. Um, is essentially where where it's been for uh, for for decades, really, and um, it's just going to have to be managed. I I still would I I think it's still an ultimate objective of our country needs to be to 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 negotiate a situation where where the uh, the danger is 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 less uh, immediate and and where there's whatever kind of uh, reduction we can get uh, an agreement on with. Uh, uh, so, so it's it, it's a worthy objective. It like, it's like um, the situation with China with the Trump administration. It's, it's not that there's not problems here that need to be dealt with and that others have been frustrated in dealing with. You know, these things need to be taken on. But I just don't see the current um, approach as uh, producing good results. I suspect one of the great sources of, resor- of uh, research that you have available to you in serving uh, the people of the 4th District and the United States as a whole, is your mail. 
So what uh, what leads uh, the category of complaints or concerns that you're getting from your constituents in the mail? And I guess email would be a large part of that nowadays. Yeah, the mail, the mail. What we used to think of as the uh, you know the regular mail is now about five percent of the communications we got. I recently checked on that. Just uh, just curious, uh, and it's further reduced by the fact that everything gets zap- zapped for anthrax uh, that's sent to our Washington office. So if anybody's listening and thinking about communicating, either write our district offices or um, or use email or uh, other other kind of social media communications. Uh, it is massive. That's the first thing to say. I've never. It, you you might think after all these years in office we would have mastered this, but you'd be wrong. I mean, it just it is a massive flow of communication, uh, often oh, well over a thousand um, in a, in a given uh, week, and uh, it, and so we we struggle to deal with it. We we try to give. Um, of course, we have standard responses when when people uh, contact us about things, and we try to make those specific when there are specific issues uh, raised. Uh, I can't tell you that there's one issue that is absolutely dominant. Uh, had the same question arise last uh, last night in a in a town meeting uh, setting. Uh, someone's first question: What's the dominant issue these days? And uh, you, you know, if you look to just the volume of uh, of concerns that are expressed, and and also what seems to be winning elections or, or, or dominating election discussions, you know, health care still has to rank very, very high, and, and that would mean uh, not losing what we've got, not, not losing the protection that people with pre-existing conditions to have to, to get insurance, for example, but also expanding Medicaid, which should be a no-brainer for this state, and only a handful of states now have, uh, have refused to do it, but it does unfortunately include us, so health care. Um, the, the, the most fraught issue right now, the most um, distressed issue area right now is immigration, no question, and, and it's just... It, it is just every week there's something new from the Trump administration. Um, you can't have asylum anymore if you have a claim of domestic or gang violence, uh, for example, or, or if you if you seek uh, if you get on food stamps or, or seek get on Medicaid uh, and you're you're legal and you're trying to you're trying to get a green card you're trying to get um, naturalized uh, that's going to count against you. Uh, these these. Um, Immigration raids, uh, just seemingly random, and on and on and on. Uh, it it is a it is a very uh, distressing, upsetting area of policy for so many people in our community, and we hear about it. You better believe we hear about it. We not just letters, people who are concerned, but but cases, just agonizing cases where where in past administrations, Republican and Democratic, we were able to get some consideration. And this administration is like a stone wall, so so we could go on, but but certainly healthcare, immigration, those are those are big ones right now. Top of the list, yeah. Well, we've got one final segment to to come up here on uh, this edition of Carolina Newsmakers, and in the next segment, we're going to talk about uh, what's at the top of your list and what's uh, 
likely to happen in the next 30 days or so. And we'll do that when we return with Congressman David Price here on Carolina Newsmakers. You've got your shades on, do you? So cool, so hip, so sheltered by frames of UV protection to show the world you are a force. But did you also know by wearing sunglasses, you're doing your eyes a favor? That's right. Sunglasses help avoid overexposure to the sun, which can produce red eyes, a feeling of grittiness, even excessive tearing. But you, oh master of the incognito, are taking care of your eyes without even knowing it. For more easy ways to keep keeping your eyes healthy, see your optometrist or visit AOA.org. My memory is shot. My legs feel like lead. Every muscle in my body is screaming. So why does everyone think the problem is in my head? Chronic fatigue syndrome can be as isolating as it is debilitating, especially when those around you don't understand what you're going through. If you're experiencing extreme exhaustion coupled with difficulty sleeping and concentrating, body pain and flu-like symptoms, you could have chronic fatigue syndrome. But you're not alone. More than 4 million Americans suffer from CFS, and most of them don't even know they have it. Log on to www.cdc.gov CFS for the latest research and guidance on diagnosis and management. That's www.cdc.gov CFS. Get informed. Get diagnosed. Get help. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. This is our final segment. We'd like to remind you that uh, many of you hear a half-hour version of this program. There are two more segments that you miss. If you'd like to hear those segments, especially with Congressman David Price, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear those two segments. Or if you'd like to hear a repeat of the broadcast or share it with a friend, you can do the same thing. carolinanewsmakers.com is our website. Congressman David Price. Uh, and we counted up the years. It's 31, not uh, – or tw- is it 29 or 30? 30, 30, 31, 31. 31. There was a two-year hiatus in there, but uh, we're, we're getting up there. Yep. Uh, so uh, anyway, he's been serving North Carolina for all those many years and, and has been a frequent guest in our program. And so as we look at this last segment of Carolina Newsmakers, we've talked about a lot of the issues that uh, we had on our list of things to – to ask you about, but uh, let's sort of turn back to you now and say, okay, what's at the top of the list now? What what legislation is uh, most pressing? What concerns are most pressing? And what uh, is likely to happen in the say the next thirty days that we should be watching for? Those are um, those are big questions. They would be any time, but they're certainly big in the current environment with the, the current leadership our country has. So, um, but, but to, to answer them, I'm going to talk about what I'm responsible for and what we simply have to get done uh, this fall. And that, and that would be the federal budget, the, the, the funding of the full array of, um, of, of programs and, and, and policies in our federal government. We, uh, I, I'm the chairman now of the Transportation and Housing and Urban Development Appropriations Subcommittee. Uh, when we couldn't get a budget agreement uh, early on, you know, to get off the, off the, out of the constraints of the the old Budget Control Act, which still he- hangs heavy over us, we uh, we went ahead and marked up our bills, and we have a great transportation and housing bill. I am very enthused about it. We've been able to make at least a down payment on this country's infrastructure needs, uh, everything from airports to intercity rail to uh, transit to uh, to highways. And, and then we've uh, been able to um, 
get back into production in uh, in in much much needed uh, affordable housing for the elderly, for people with disabilities, for uh, for 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 to make sure that as our communities develop and gentrify, that we aren't just squeezing people out, that people who serve our communities can live in our communities. All that is, uh, although all, all that's very pressing these days, and our municipal elections that are underway right now, there's no more pressing issue than affordable housing and of course infrastructure isn't far behind so we we're where the action is and i think we've produced a bill that uh, we can be proud of the senate now that we have a budget agreement just a few weeks ago uh, the senate is scrambling to to pass some bills and we'll have to get those bills blended and get them together and hopefully not too far into the new fiscal year we will have uh, our, our federal budget uh, intact we'll have some degree of certainty so people know what they're dealing with and we will have some commitments that we've made good on to um, invest in our communities. The, uh, of course, you know, one of your very important uh, 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 jobs in Congress is being on the House Appropriations Committee, which is one of the most powerful committees, and that's a, a, a result of your tenure and your long... Uh, well, I got on it pretty early, but uh, having leadership on that committee is a matter of tenure. Yeah. You, have to, you have to hang around and um, get get yourself positioned, and that has happened uh, for of course, me. You had, you had it, gray hair earlier than now, so it's not just that this hadn't put gray hair in your head. You had no, gray that hair earlier. That didn't totally do it. What I was Homeland Security chairman uh, earlier. That uh, that produced a few gray hairs. Uh and I, I did the best I could with that subcommittee, but I'm uh, I'm very happy to be where I am now. Uh, I, I, there's one issue I wanted to ask you about. This is uh, sort of interesting, and uh, it's it's bothered me that we are allowing states to uh, uh, have these tax incentives to recruit industry, and so it pits state against state, and the winner is uh, I'm not sure who the winner is, but basically. Uh, the thing that's always bothered me about tax incentives is the fact that you're penalizing the taxpayer who's been paying taxes for years. Let's say you make gadgets, and here comes another gadget manufacturer, and the state gives them great benefits to locate and create jobs. Now, we're all in favor of jobs, but what this does is it puts state against state. It would appear to me that this would be Congress's job to say, wait a minute, tax incentives are out, period. Stop. Well, if I was king, there that's another one of those things that uh, w- would would be desirable, or at least to put some boundaries around this practice. But good luck with that. I mean, it is uh, it, that's a very tall order, and not just states, but cities, municipalities, counties. Yeah. Y- you know, this this is a, a game that everyone plays, and. Uh, and and no one no one totally wins. I mean, you're you're right, of course, about the the burden on taxpayers, yeah. and the. Uh, I mean, job creation's fine. I mean, that's that's that's, that's wonderful. That's good. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, I I say this about I don't know. You've had a, a lot of experience with with recruiting industries and businesses, and and I and I have too over the years, and. Uh, these these things are important, and occasionally they produce uh, big winners and big disappointments. Okay, but um, my when when I talk to leaders who have uh, located their businesses large and small in this area, you know that's not the first thing they mention. What 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 they what they mention is the uh, is is the quality of life. They, they they want to be in a place where their workforce wants to live and 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 raise families. They talk about the education and training the community colleges often the quality of the workforce uh, 
they, they talk sometimes about the infrastructure, and I worry that our infrastructure here in the Triangle is um, it, it's been a factor in, in losing a couple of recruitment uh, battles. Uh, so, so I think the uh, the kind of things that we uh, in, invest in as as a community, the kind of things we've talked about earlier in this in this program, uh, investing in our communities, the, the the kind of housing and transportation, education, healthcare that's available. I think those are the those are the things that really are are basic to uh, to the decisions that the best companies make, and and uh, and a lot of them are very well aware of uh, of course of their tax status, but I don't. I don't for a moment believe that is uh, the the only determinant or even the main one. Well, I would agree with that, and that's another reason for eliminating. But anyway, that, that's just – I'm on my soapbox here. I don't need to be on my soapbox. I need to be uh, asking you questions. So we've got about uh, about 50 seconds, about a minute for you to answer this. So as you leave this studio this morning, uh, what's, what's really on the top of your desk right now? What are you looking forward to? to attacking in the next week well what's on top of my desk is the is is the pressures we're under right now to um, to to produce a, a budget for our housing needs and for our transportation and needs. the trade war comes into that and plan. and, and but and and that's i'm gonna i want to make sure that uh, that we uh, dot the i's and cross the t's and get that done but i have to say i'm concerned for uh, a lot of things right now and for our country's uh, Moral leadership, diplomatic leadership in the world, the, the, the trade wars is, is one aspect, but not the only aspect of this. Um, I just feel like the conditions we're in right now in this country, um, the, the Congress as an institution and, and, and you know, people who, uh, who uh, are attentive to what we're doing, we all need to step up our game because um, Congress is the Article I branch of government. And when things aren't going right in the country, when you have erratic leadership, you, you've got to figure out how do you, how do you uh, get, get, get hold of the situation and do something about it. You've left me with just the right amount of time to thank uh, Congressman David Price for being our guest and, and giving us insight into what's happening and give us his views and opinions on what should happen. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another interesting guest for us. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can do that by going online to carolinanewsmakers.com. As I said, we'll be back next week, same time, same station, so we'll look forward to seeing you then. Till next week, have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.